Hello, I'm back. We're back. Well, not all of us. Uh, Fur's still on holiday. But this means this week we have a guest host. It's my mate Dennis, another person who beats me on the tennis court. Exactly, yeah. Are we going to start with the head to head or? No, no. It's as bad as mine against Fur. Um, No, so. (laughs) What? So, yeah. Uh, welcome to Unseeded, the uh, normally weekly tennis podcast, but obviously we weren't here last week. But just so everyone gets to know Dennis, obviously I did this early on. I quizzed Fur on one of my old tennis rounds from my pub quiz I used to write. Yeah. So now it's time to test Dennis. This um, is not going to be good. But... This this pub quiz was written probably in like April last year. Um... So... I've probably already done it in a pub somewhere in Enfield. Yeah, it, it may be a little bit outdated, but oh well. So, first question. Who won... Okay, I'm changing this because... So, who won the 2023 Australian Open? Men's. Men's. Fucking hell, I can't remember. Oh, I'm not allowed to swear. You can oh, swear. Oh, yeah, I can swear, yeah. Yeah. Um, hang on. Who won this year's men's singles Australian Open? Did I watch the final? Hmm. Was it Djokovic? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I find... Uh, for some reason, I thought he wasn't there. That's why I was trying to think. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he played Sitsipas in the final. Okay, question number two. Who is the current British number one women's tennis player? Emma Raducanu. Yep. Before Andy Murray won Wimbledon in 2013, who was the last British man to do so? It's one of those when you tell me his name, I'll know it. But... Uh... Polo shirts. Uh, no, it's not going to come. David Lloyd. Fred Perry. Fred. Ah, oh. should have got that. Uh, what company is the manufacturer of tennis rackets used by Roger Federer? Uh, you're going to kill me because I don't know this. Um, I on. used the racket. I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, RS, like, what was he called though? Head. Wilson. Wilson, start the whole pro stuff. What type of material is a tennis ball covered with? Belt. Yeah. Uh, what does ATP stand for? Uh, Association of Tennis Players. Association of Tennis Professionals. He, I, was, I think that counts as correct. No. It's my accent. What is the name given to a 40 40 score during a tennis match? Juice. Yep. Who is the current number one in women's tennis rankings? Uh, Igor Swiatek. Yep. How many Wimbledon titles does Roger Federer have? Eight. Yep. And Nicholas Mahu and John Isner recorded the longest tennis match in history at Wimbledon in 2010. How many games were played in the final set? Uh, it has to be exactly. Hmm. 130. 138. Fuck's sake. <laughs> what was it 76 no 70 70 68 oh my maths is just bad yeah. I thought it was 71 69 it's good for some of the words in a bank isn't it? I know I know um, yeah so how many did you get you got 1 2 3 4 5 6 6 out of 10 that qualifies me to be on the podcast that, that qualifies you to be on the podcast it actually <laughs> qualifies you more than fur yeah did she get three or something I think she did it I don't know three or four I think 
I mean, I, still, I, I, I think I've still got the highest score because I believe I got seven. Yeah, but I'm not going to comment on that. We've never met, so I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to criticize the other main podcast. <laughs> you, are, you come in and you're trying to usurp. <laughs> yeah, I've outdone the head to head, and I've beaten on the, on the quiz score. I mean, fair enough. You've outdone the head to head because we've played more. Well, then that means... Although we... I am going to lay down the challenge now because I know if if she is listening to this, I'm confident the next time we play, I'm going to win. Yeah. Or I have to play her as well to um, to decide who oh, is what we have the, we, we now have the unseeded, like, round robin. Yeah, round robin and a uh, rivalry in the making. The unseeded finals. Yeah. <laughs> we need a fourth man, though. Or per player. Yeah. To just have a, just a straight knockout. Yeah. Which we could get. I don't know, we just need to find another host. Yeah. Contact us at Unseeded uh, yeah. Pod on Twitter if you want to become a host. To get a fourth and a chance of winning the Unseeded Trophy. Which doesn't exist. We can make one, we can make one. We can make one. Yeah. Anyway, should we talk about tennis? Yes, let's talk about tennis. Um, so, obviously we weren't here last week. Um, I decided not to do the, the Rob monologue. Yeah, the rubber lock, if you will. No, so we should probably catch up with um, Miami because obviously we we the last podcast we recorded was halfway through Miami um, where we were giving you out of date tennis news. Um, so we obviously had the semi-finals and finals. Um, I've only got notes for one semi-final here because it was the only one that was particularly like works wow, well, because it was Alcaraz Sinner again. Mm. Um, that was uh, 6-7, 6-4, 6-2 to Sinner. Um, I mean, Alcaraz was getting cramps in the third set. Um, Again, I didn't watch this game. So. No. What you're going to learn in this episode is, like, over the last week, we've barely watched any tennis. Yeah. But it's like, we're, we're taking a break, so we're refreshed going into the clay court swing, like a lot of the professionals are doing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The best season on the tour... Yeah. And the best court surface to play on. I no. Apart I'm, from if, it, if it's in Houston. But we'll get <laughs> on to that later. No, no, no. Okay, come on. Like a proper grass court is still the best. So. Aesthetically, but it doesn't play the best. So it's like. Well, no, but you've never played on like a really proper clay court. We played on those uh, ones that are about, about, about to be knocked down. Yeah, but and, I liked and, the scoreline. That was the main point. And they were like grey. They weren't even... Yeah, but I haven't played on a proper grass court either. No, to be fair. I, I have once in Cornwall, we stayed at an Airbnb that had a proper grass court. It was a bit bumpy. Does it play any different? It's bumpy. <laughs> it wasn't the flattest service in the world. I, I, I quickly realised that if you... Um, I, I remember playing on that court, and if, if you surfed down the line, uh, down the tee, yeah. then there was a chance that it was just going to... Hit the bump and go on to the other. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it was unreturnable. Yeah. I think it's the most aces I've ever got in my life. <laughs> I can imagine. I wouldn't even attempt to get. Um, and down the line seems to be your specialty at the moment, anyway. So yeah, I know. I don't know where that's come from. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just practicing. Like, I think when I used to practice serves quite a lot. I, I used to do that as well, but now yeah. I just leather it. Yeah. Um, no, you your body you, serve. Yeah, your favourite has always been body serve. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that did uh, Alcaraz going out at that uh, at the same finals meant that he. His return to number one was very short-lived. Um, 
Last Unless he'd won Miami, wouldn't it put him to if, if he won Miami, he would have stayed as number one. Yeah. But it's because he'd won it the year before he lost those points. Yeah. Ah. So. Um, and he can't. He's not even going to be at Monte Carlo. No. So and Djokovic will be. Yeah. Djokovic, he went. He didn't get to the final as well last year because he got beaten by I think Davidovich Fakina. For um, in uh, Monte Carlo. I think so. Last year. Ah. Because bearing in mind last year, so, going into clay, he played barely any any tennis. Because last year, obviously, no Australian that, Open. Um, which is what I thought the question yeah, was about. No, um, no Indian Wells in Miami. The only thing he played last year was Dubai, I think. So this basically is just a free hit for him like, to get oh, points. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, he'll get points. I mean, he's not going to have to play Nadal. He's not going to have to play Alcaraz. But it's, it seems like he's never going to have to play Alcaraz because it's the matchup that everyone wants. And never gets. It never gets, no. I mean, please just give us a five-set match of Alcaraz-Djokovic. Both of them playing... In a final. Oh, in a final, yeah. I kind of want it to be on hard courts, though, as opposed to, like, clay. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be on clay unless it's going to be in the final of um, Roland Garros. Yeah. Oh, unless it's in Rome or Madrid as well. Yeah. Which I think... But you want it, you want it the best of five, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. It's whether they get put all the way through, which I hope doesn't happen this year as well, because obviously Nadal will win. Yeah. Again. Well, yeah. As soon as he posted that picture of him playing on these clay courts at his academy, yeah, and it's just like he's just gonna win a fifteenth, isn't he? Yeah. I hope he does. I hope. He... I don't know why he wasn't at Monte Carlo. Oh, he's still not fully recovered. I don't think. And he yeah. just. Don't... I mean, the thing is as well. I think. It's it's always the case with Nadal now that it's like if it's not fully there, if unless it, it's Roland Garros. Yeah, he, I mean, last year he, he managed. To, well, he he tried like limit the the run into Roland Garros, so you know that you can get through the whole tournament. Yeah, it's even, true. Even, but I was more worried because I need him to be at Barcelona. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, you're surely going to see him in live. How many days do you have booked on Chatrier and in? I think five. Five yeah. days on Chatrier. Yeah, but if I see him in Barcelona, I'll be like, it takes the pressure off Roland Garros. I'll yeah, but like, you want to see him on Chatria, don't you? Oh, I do, yeah. But if it's I see a, him on the Monday, then if he's there again, and if we're swapping tickets like we usually do, yeah, then I'll happily go get your outside court for Kai Yuba. <laughs> um, I briefly mentioned this, because we might mention Kai Yuba from time to time. It's like, somehow weirdly, both of us have ended up as like, big Kai and Yuvan fan. So I yeah. believe it's currently outside the top 100. Yeah, but... <laughs> but it's because we saw her play Bedossa at the French Open last year and then saw her play down McGalfi at Wimbledon. Yeah. So it's like, every time we're at a slam, we seem to end up watching Kai and Yuvan. But yeah, so anyway, back to Miami. So yeah. the final um, was Medvedev defeating Sinner 7-5-6-3. Medvedev now has a 6-0 head-to-head, which... He's not good for Yannick Sinner. No. Uh, I mean, he just wasn't recovered. He he was not fully fit. No, no. Well, he um, took some tablets on the court, didn't he? Yeah. He yeah. just wasn't fit. He couldn't... And the thing is, the way you beat Medvedev, a lot... When when players beat him and they, they convincingly... Yeah. It's like what Alcaraz did to him at Indian Wells. Is you come forward, you come to the net and you finish off points. Djokovic becomes a servant volume when he plays Medvedev. Yeah. And Sinner just wasn't... He didn't have any of his legs to get to the net. Yeah, yeah, he was basically playing at the baseline where he was just getting... Well, right, you're, you're not beating Medvedev in a baseline rally because he's, yeah. he he can cover everything because of where he stands. Yeah. 
No, it's true, it's true. And it was like a it was a good final, but at the same time it was even though Sinner got the first break, it felt as though Medvedev was gonna win it. Yeah. Eventually. Like it was just you just didn't see Sinner battling this out for three hours in a three setter. No, I thought. And obviously, given Medvedev's record this year so far, it just yeah. looks like. Yeah, now up to 19 titles in 19 different cities in yeah. his career. Um, when, when will he become a defending champion? Uh, when, when will he defend a title or just win another one of the, the same titles that he's already won in his career? Uh, yeah. Um, no, I'm calling it. I'm cool. I said it earlier. And he's going to defend Mallorca. No, I, I just, I'm looking forward to... I, I want him to get to the end of his career where he has won every possible professional title, but well, only once. Yeah. That must be a record. That must be a record if he managed that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he probably already has the record because sure, yeah. how many players are good enough to win 19 titles? Yeah. It's, well, I did, then... a mad stat that I saw yesterday. I'm pretty sure I saw that Casper Rouge is now the youngest player in the ATP... To win ten titles. To win ten titles. Uh, possibly, yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know he was the youngest player to do. How old is he though? Twenty three. Twenty. No, I think he's 24, 25. 24, 25. What? So Federal and Nadal, none of them did ten career titles. No, he's the youngest active player. Oh, active player. Okay, fair enough. Because I mean, Nadal basically, as soon as he turned eighteen, won every clay court tournament there was. Oh uh, yeah. Casparud uh, is twenty four. Twenty four. No, and then the women's final, Kvitova defeating Rabatkina. So Kvitova is now in the top 10 again. I mean, it was very close. I mean, for the first set. The first set was 7-6, 16-14 in the oh, tie break. break yeah. I mean, Rabatkina just needs to stop with these tie breaks. I know. That, I mean, I don't know how she's having to battle through them every single time. I mean, I don't know how tie break gets that long. If it was me... I'd end up messing it up much earlier than that. Yeah, I mean, what is the the? Okay, I've got the notes here from the week before. I mean, it was a, it was a thirteen eleven tiebreak against Sabalenka. Yeah, and then she goes and plays sixteen fourteen against Kvitova. <laughs> it's like the problem is as well is as we see because she lost the second set six two, and Sabalenka was pretty easily got beaten in the second set in Indian Wells. It's like, if you're playing these tiebreaks, whoever wins the tiebreak is winning the match. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe it just creates like that mental block, like, what do I have to do to get past this person? Yeah, no, it's 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 really weird. Like, I, I, I love tiebreaks, but I would not want to play at it. A 16-14 tiebreak. <laughs> tie no, I'd, uh, I'd be sweating by the end. I, I don't think I'd be able to do it. A 30-point tiebreak. Yeah, like, you just... I'd feel as though I'd throw it. Like, cause how many? Both of them must have saved at least five or six. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Once you get past, well, ten points. Six all. Yeah. Every point is gonna be a break point or yeah. a match point, basically. Yeah. So there would have had to have been at ten. Yeah. In the game, in order for it to be converted. It's, it's like crazy. I like, <laughs> I, like I like. But that was a tough game as well because I didn't know whether I wanted because I like Kavitova because she was the women's champion when I was first watching Wimbledon okay and then but Rebecca hasn't been given the respect she deserves no since she's won a Grand Slam and she nearly did a sunshine double so it was like a I I I I, I was backing I was supporting Rebecca but that's because my our predictions uh were really bad it turned out like what was? myself and Fur we predicted a sunshine double for Alcaraz 
Okay. Uh, and then she predicted that Sabalenka would win uh, Miami. Miami, and I predicted Kuchikova. But by the time I edited the podcast, it had changed. Like she'd gone out. Oh. She got beaten by Sabalenka. And then, and then, so I, I put in a little whoosh change to uh, Rabakina. Oh, I didn't know. I was determined that someone was going to win a Sunshine Double. And, you know, I mean, Rabakina's got it in her. She, 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 that was a close game, that, that, that. that oh, yeah, no, she, if she'd won that tie break, I think she would have won the match. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, given that. Yeah, the I'm not, I mean, before. to be fair, I'm not going to lie. I did find both finals a little bit underwhelming. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do, genuinely, after that first tie break between Kvitova and Rabakina, because I backed Rabakina to to recover and be able to make it competitive because she's so it's she's very different emotionally to Sabalenka. <laughs> that I can't comment on. I've never seen them like having to fight back. Yeah, no, but Rebac- no, it's just because Rebakina's so calm, I wasn't expecting her to get ah, phased. Um Sabalenka's a bit more hot headed. Well yeah, oh you, you could tell by the time that she like because she went off court between first and second set at New Worlds and she was like practically in tears like because after losing that tie break but it's like whereas I backed back then to like stay calm you stay calm and just move on so I I mean I was disappointed because between those two sets I went to the shop down the road and grabbed myself an extra couple of beers because I was like I'm settling in yeah I'm, I'm settling in for like a three hour match at least yeah and then 6-2 it was a yeah, bit it was and obviously with, with Sinner not being fully fit against Medvedev that was those were over pretty quickly. Well, they have said, I, I think I was reading something about, like, the Miami Opens are just, like, not as iconic since they've changed stadiums. And... Oh, my God, I, I really don't like it. I know that they, they left the old place. Um, yeah, I forgot what it was. Crandon Park or something. I mean, that's the thing. Because I ended up watching the, old, the 2017 final between Federer and Nadal. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just so much... Co- like, because the problem is, because the Hard Rock Stadium is not built for tennis, there's just this massive chasm... In the middle. Like, oh, behind oh, one side. of the stands, where it's just, like, empty space. So it must be, like, nigh on impossible to actually build an atmosphere in there. Yeah, what is it useful? I think it's, like, NFL or something. Oh, they're, they're massive, those stadiums, they're not. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. Do you know, I think you're right, because although this is a tennis podcast... I Isn't do it follow... Miami Dolphins are based there or something? It might be, yeah, no, no, because I think I read that the Hard Rock Stadium is going to be used for the 2026 World Cup yeah. for football, so it must be massive, because every one of those stadiums are like 70k, if not Yeah, more. I mean, as well, around the outside of this entire complex is a bloody Formula One track. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... I mean, clearly this is like supposedly like the sports like complex where they complex just do everything in Miami, where they do everything. But it's I like I know that they couldn't extend Crandon Park, like they couldn't get the permissions to extend it. And what was happening supposedly was because everywhere else is getting bigger and everywhere else is developing, they would have potentially lost their status as a Masters event. Yeah, but it's just like come on, just build a dedicated tennis stadium like think about how much like because it used to be a debate between miami and indian wells over which one was the fifth slam whereas now it's indian wells yeah i mean i wouldn't classify either that high 
No, no. I, I find the fifth slam chat a bit silly. Um, mm. Unless it's North Cyprus. Uh, no, if they, if they, I mean, if they, I mean, the, hypothetically, if they were going to do a fifth slam, it can't be in the US. Uh, oh yeah, no, no. You can't have it two in one nation. No, like, well, be, well, you'd have it, to debate where it'd be the most fair. Pro- I mean, it probably would end up in the Middle East at this point. Yeah, but North really, Cyprus needs to be given a shout. Asia, like Asia, potentially. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, um, what like Japan, Korea, or yeah, not China at the moment. It would be good if, like, this is the problem as well with tennis. It's so centered. I mean, as well, it's now especially with a lot of tennis not happening in China for understandable reasons. I know the ATP is moving back there supposedly next year. Oh, is it? Um, but obviously, the WTA rightfully aren't going there. It, it does mean that apart from the build up to Australia and. Australia, so much of the tennis is either in that region. Western Europe, yeah, or the US. Oh yeah, because now that you've got rid of China, yeah, you're right, and then you've got a massive long trip over to I think. I think there's a Brisbane two fifty event. There's well, there's there's the sort of smaller tour. Well, there's oh Auckland as well. Yeah, there's Auckland. There's um, but these are all the run up to Australia. Yeah, so yeah. once once the Australian Open finished. You get that sort of weird mix of like European indoor tournaments and the, the sort of clay court in South America. Oh yeah, yeah, where it's just um, and Camp Nori. What what are the what are the ones you've got now? It's it's well because there was the United Cup this year that was across different cities. I think that was in Brisbane, Sydney, and somewhere else. Oh, I haven't watched any of it. Uh, the United Cup is alright actually it's quite fun yeah I know um, you're a bigger fan than Davis Cup and United Cup than I am I don't even follow half of them yeah Billie Jean Cup none of it. I sort of followed the the United Cup more than I do Billie Jean King and Davis Cup because I just thought the United Cup was just sort of a bit of novelty wasn't it it was a fun thing to start the year with yeah and it's just nice seeing Tim Henman as the the, the GB captain as the he was great in that role um but yeah, the um... they should introduce one if they had an exhibition event. Have it like same sort of set out, but have like a men's single, women's single, men's double, women's double, mixed doubles, and an icon from the country going <laughs> up against another icon from a country. Oh, what? So like a sort of exhibition uh... Davis Cup slash Billie Jean, like mixture of all of them. Is it Davis Cup where they've got both men's and women? No, that's so they've got the Davis Cup is men's. There is the Hopman Cup. That but one. yeah, the Hopman Cup used to be in that period where they had the uh United Cup. Yeah. Um whereas now the Hopman they got rid of the Hopman Cup and then just replaced it with the ATP Cup in the calendar. Which okay. was a less good version. And Too then many cups. Yeah. And then there was no and then the Hotman Cup is now later this year and it's in Nice okay um, but they, it's they it, should su- use my suggestion if actually, GB are in it then have Tim Henman there as well to be fair I would quite like to see like a, it'd bring the viewing numbers up Tim Henman uh, and what so you do like a doubles in like a current player mixed mixed doubles like yeah. a Henman Raducanu doubles team yeah and then the opposition have to have the same thing <laughs> Well, that, then you play Switzerland and then you just have... Federer. Federer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Hotman Cup anyway, I just realised that the final three teams have actually been announced. 
So there's the uh, Croatian team, uh, which is uh, Dona Vekic and Bjorn Toric. The Belgian team, which is Elise Mertens and David Goffin. And then... Elise Mertens? Yeah. Oh, she's and, higher rated than Alison Van Uytvank. I believe so, but I mean, it's it's not necessarily the top-ranked players. Oh, um, the And then the Danish uh, team is Clara Towson and Holger Rune. Clara Towson and Holger Rune. Yeah. That's not a bad team. No, I think the two best teams are definitely Spain and Denmark, because Spain is Badossa and Alcaraz. Yeah, they were right, them two. Not going to lie, Switzerland aren't really exciting me. It's it's Belinda Bentich and Leandro Riedi. But who are Spain playing, or have they not released? I'm not sure yet. And then France, they're in there because they're the hosts, and that's Elise Cornet and Richard Gasquet. Oh. Is, um, is, is GB in the British Billie Jean King Cup? Yes. I don't, I don't know. They're all playing this week, but I've no idea when, who, where. I've not followed it. So I've not watched enough tennis this week, but should we just briefly go over... Yes, let's. Some of the other results. So, Esteril, Brood defeated Ketsmanovic, 6 2, 7 6. Um, Good game. Yeah. Good game. Best clay court surface of the week. I've, uh, that's my part. Casper Brood <laughs> has won consecutive matches against. Well, just won consecutive matches, which is, I think, believe the first time this year. That he's... Oh, he actually <laughs> yeah. lost. Oh, is it? I didn't even know that. <laughs> Um, so that's that's nice. I mean, it's a two fifty on clay, which is sort of like yeah. the Casper Rude thing. But um, broken, he's a ducked against Miomir Ketchmanovic. Yeah, which he's... obviously we all followed. Yes, great rivalry. Uh, Charleston on Jabir defeated Belinda Bencic. I know you have a problem with um, the Houston clay, yeah. but I've got to say the Charleston clay is also dreadful. It it just looks like playing in the park behind my house. Oh yeah, but the Charleston one, it does look bad. But Houston, which we'll go on to next, looks bad and the stadium was crap as well. It's like having a nineteen thirties Goodison Park, um, with its wooden seats, uh, <laughs> and then mud in the middle, which you know, you can't play on anyway, soaks up so much water. They probably played the final 10 centimetres higher than they played the first round. <laughs> it soaked up that much water. So Tiafo in that final defeated Echeverry 7-6, 7-6. Exactly. No wonder no one could break surface. <laughs> yeah, no, I, d- I didn't actually watch that match, but I did have a quick look at the highlights just to see what Dennis was talking about with the surface, and it looked awful. Yeah. Like, it, it, like do you, why would you go and play clay in the US? I know, I know, honestly. And then Bogota, uh, Tatiana Maria defeated Peyton Stern, 6-3, 2-6, 6-4. But the story of Bogota was Francesca Jones yeah, the making best. the semi-finals. Yeah, arguably uh, the best player on the women's tour this year, rising the highest amount of ranks in one. You know, the, 495 <laughs> places in one tournament the WTA most improved yeah how she qualified we don't know Um, (laughs) hopefully she'll be able to get her Wimbledon Wild Cup this year and then maybe win a couple of matches there rise up even higher oh yeah yeah Um, she can be the um, what was that guy called again a few years back 
Marcus Willis. Marcus Willis. No, I mean, this isn't as extreme as Marcus Willis. Marcus Willis was basically just a club player that won a tournament that got him into the wild card of, like, the pre-qualifying. Yeah. And, and then, then won all six. But then as well, in the qualifying, because this was... What, I can't even remember what year it was. Was it 2016 or something? It might have been, yeah. And in the qualifying, he played Rublev and Medvedev. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we watched like a. Yeah. A, and I don't know how he's managed to get through both of those. <laughs> uh, the the tournament that I did not see a single moment of, Marrakesh, Carbeas Benya defeated uh, Muller 4 6, 7 6, 6 2. In Marrakesh. Yeah. Yeah, again, I watched none of that. The court surface was the second best of the week, <laughs> which is going to be the highlight of this podcast. Uh, but apart from that, apart from the fact that I was in Morocco last year, I know nothing about the tournament itself. No, I know Dan Evans plays it every year. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, no, so, I mean, Monte Carlo is coming up, which, as we said before we recorded, it's the home tournament for half of the ATP, essentially. Yeah, because um, uh, they all live there. They all live there. I saw a couple of F1 drivers there this week. Yeah, I wouldn't um, be surprised. That's probably half the crowd. Yeah. And the, uh, um, the rest of them are poker players. Yeah. Then Djokovic is returning to action. Still don't know who he's got in the next round. Um, no, no, neither do I. Um, and then Sitsipas is the defending champion, and I believe the number two seed because Alcaraz isn't there. Yeah, um, which is fair because he's the reigning champion. Yeah, I mean Sitsipas. He just—I wonder if he's just going to be fit enough because he hasn't been. There was—I don't—I don't know why he played in New Wales and Miami because he just wasn't fit enough. Uh, for that, yeah, he's got a buy, and he's going to play Benjamin Bonzi, who I hope thoroughly smashes him, because Benjamin Bonzi needs to be a seeded player at the French Open. Why? <laughs> because it creates the best crowd atmosphere. No, but it doesn't matter because with the French Open, no matter if they're seeded or not, they're going to be on the show courts. Yeah, but they need to have. We watched the Hugo Gaston. Yeah, but they need to have the backing of the crowd. Because they will have the backing of the French crowd. No, no, but they, they, the crowd needs to believe they're going to win. If they're going to go there thinking, yeah, this guy's just nieces Marcus Willis, you know, then it's not going to be the same sort of ba 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 whatever you do under the court. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> yeah. You know, Benjamin Bonzi is break with that win against Zapata Morales today, is in the top 40, which means oh, if he wow. gets in the top 32, he's seeded and will probably face. Knowing my luck, Nadal in the first round, and he's going out, and it was Can't all pointless. Can't Nadal in the first round with the seeding. It'll be second round. Second round, exactly. No, I mean, there's. I think there's plenty of French players in the top 100 to... Uh... <laughs> to yeah, for the men's draw. We just need to support Jean-Jean and um, Diane Parry to get them higher up. Yeah, I mean... Your favourite women's player. Oh, Diane Parry. He's got, like, the best... Most aesthetically, uh, like genuinely, I think even if you look at one hand just on the men's side, I think she's got genuinely one of the most aesthetically pleasing. She's got like a Gasquet-esque uh, one-hander. Yeah. And probably I mean, a hitting party, you don't know. They probably practice together. And it, it's like, the funny thing was, I remember when she beat Kuchikova at the French Open last year, they interviewed her on Eurosport. Yeah. And she, as a junior, had a two-hander. And chose, to... and then was just like at some point she was just like, oh, I decided I wanted a one hander because it looks nicer. That's the sort of attitude pro tennis players needs to have. Yeah, I know. It's like there is nothing more aesthetically pleasing than a one a good one handed backhand. Yeah. If you hit a clean winner off a one hander, yeah, you feel like a tennis god. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's no better for you bar winning the match. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I don't do much of that. So. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to take the little moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are right. The other best feeling would be a clean backhand on the one hander, which I've never hit to be honest. You've I... never done. You just slice every single backhand. Exactly. You are you are like the the Matteo Berrettini, the the North Cypriot Matteo Berrettini. <laughs> yeah. With no backhand at all, basically, apart from a slice. And Only then, slice in the backhand, crazy topspin on the forehand, and just a serve. And a serve, yeah. And a serve, and then hoping that when I get a return on the backhand, it's slow enough for me to run round the ball. Yeah. Because that's the main aim. But, that's alright, I'm happy to get compared to Berrettini. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what my comparison would be. Um, Your comparison... Uh, or in terms of who most fits your style of play Shapovalov just yeah. no substance <laughs> yeah and you got the aesthetic as well you look like <laughs> yeah, I've got the blonde hair and I wear a hat back to front oh yeah um, yeah so um, may if you make it pro smash a ball at an umpire I wouldn't do that you wouldn't do that no I think I'm quite mild mannered on a tennis court I would strongly bet you, but I'll be honest, when you're playing badly, I think that, I mean, I don't think you'd hit it No, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, when I say that I'm mild-mannered, it's not targeted at anyone else other than myself. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like... But blasting the balls... I'm like swearing, ranting and raving. Yeah. But it's at myself. And when I do blast the ball, it's typically into the ground first. Uh... Yeah, but that, you know, based on my win record, that could just be a lack of technique on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'll give you the benefit. You do hit it in the ground first. But, you know, in Shapovalov's defence, I'm sure he wasn't aiming for the umpire's skull. <laughs> but if he was, yeah. it was a great aim in a tournament. I don't really know why I remember that game so f- well. I know it's obviously in every single Tennis Shocking Moments compilation video. Oh, I watched. A, I was watching a great compilation video on YouTube the other day. It's like four parts of it. It was brilliant. It was all the like hardcore drama from the start of the year. I do like a bit of aggro on oh, the yeah, tennis yeah. court. You, just, you need it sometimes. As well. Yeah, although that, maybe that's what we should talk about because I can't believe I forgot to make a note of this. But the... Um, have you seen, obviously the comments from the American players well, basically Tiafo wants the crowd to be more like a basketball crowd and non-existent Goff and Pagula want to introduce trash talking to tennis that is a good idea well one I don't want it to be like a basketball crowd because I've been in a basketball crowd once in my life and that was at the Olympics and at no point do I want to be threatened with the prospect of being on a kiss cam. No, oh yeah, um, that's true. That is... Or hearing Le Tuva, Le Tuva, Le Tuva. To be fair, they, they, were, they, were, they were good fans. They were more into it than we were. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, as much as I will happily rant about how crap American sports are and their crowds are absolutely dreadful as seen at the World Cup... Um, trying to clap your hand to I believe that we will win exactly yeah <laughs> absolutely useless um, but I will I will defend them only on your comment that maybe slightly the NBA crowd might be better than an Olympic crowd because they've got Drake in the front row or some other crap reason. yeah no but I don't like 
famous people go to tennis anyway. We don't need to turn it into like this whole experience where you have like kiss cams and all this audience participation. Just don't put the camera on me. Yeah, like we're in the stadium. But I think my favourite thing is with tennis. It's you can get these atmospheres in the big games. Yeah. But it's it's like I don't think you should be able to talk during the point because I think it's the most satisfying thing in the world oh, when yeah. you've got this atmosphere going and then a player starts um, bouncing the ball and it's it just silent. No, no, don't get me wrong. There is something nice about that. Mm. And I'd agree with you. Only do it in between points, but then you'd argue, you could probably argue to me that it's quite hard. And the French to... Open, they managed to have a good atmosphere. Oh, yeah. And they don't between... necessarily do it between points. A guy will be serving to stay in the match, and they'll be like, well, this is the time for a Mexican wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, the French, they, they think differently to us. But, no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Maybe... The French Open crowd is better than the Wimbledon crowd. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, Wimbledon is like... Wimbledon, get... Wimbledon posh people go there to say they've been to Wimbledon. Whereas the people watching the tennis at the French Open, they are what they're into the tennis. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. There is a certain element of just like prestige to turning up to Wimbledon yeah. and not actually caring about the tennis at all. Which is probably why it makes it so hard to get it through the ballot rather than the French Open where yeah. there's less dedicated tennis fans, but they are dedicated tennis yeah. fans. Hence why we're travelling few hundred miles to go watch them um but yeah and also Wimbledon like me turning up in my usual t-shirt and shorts is like you, I look so out of place there whereas in the French Open it's like ah and Queens is even worse than uh, Wimbledon that is like I've never been yeah yeah maybe this year yeah um or the Royal Albert Hall. The Royal Albert Hall. No, that was a weird one though. That's that's probably not representative because I mean we. It would have been interesting to see what the crowd would have been like had Raducanu not won the U.S. Open. But, yeah, it's true. Because we went to just context. We went to an exhibition match between it was Raducanu and. Uh, no. Uh, what's what's that? Oh, the name has gone from my head. Romanian tennis player. Um. Oh, what is her name? Elena Gabriella Roos. There we go. Yes. Um, Yeah, it was... And, I mean, we bought the tickets after her run at Wimbledon, but before the US US Open. Open. Whereas, obviously... And so it was like... We just thought it was quite inexpensive tickets and you go into a tennis match. Yeah, first ever for me. Yeah. As well, going back to the trash talking, I'm not a big fan of that, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, trash talking, nah, it's not boxing. It's not a physical contest where you're going to no. be in each other's face constantly. It's not necessarily... It's, it's kind of funny when players have these moments on court. Yeah, yeah. It's like we don't need it in the build-up. Yeah, because some tennis players are just nice people. Yeah. And they don't need that. And it, on some will just take it the wrong way. Kyrgios and Tsitsipas or... Some people will get, like, and as well, some people will genuinely mean it, I think. Oh, yeah. Tennis players are incredibly single-minded. Yeah, yeah. And, like, okay, yeah, it might be funny to, like... It's funny when... And it's kind of nice now because when it happens now, you can tell very quickly if it's just, like, a bit of banter or they just genuinely don't like each other. Because, I mean, obviously, 
sits a, nobody seems to like sits a no no um, <laughs> who's the other one that the French guy that no one likes is it French it might be another nationality oh no Italian not Fonini. Fonini. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting one. I mean, there's that great moment of Annie Murray just going, shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to him on the yeah. tennis court. Um, yeah, no, I think... And also, the worry about bringing in trash talking is... It's just from really the, naff and cheesy. Yeah, it is, but also, from the limited experience, I, I wouldn't say I follow boxing or UFC that much, but they do bring personal stuff into it, which yeah. is not necessary for a game that is quite civilised it's like a tennis it's, it's a gentleman's sport yeah exactly it's you don't you really don't need it I, I'm not a fan of, of the trash talking I, I, I just think it's so unnecessary it's like okay yeah you have your little moments it's like obviously there's this there's a bit of edge between Vavrinka and Holgerun yeah but I mean they were on a practice court with Djokovic the other day so oh yeah yeah so maybe they've they've, they've kindled a kind of friendship but yeah, I, th- I just don't like, and uh, not all tennis players are gonna like each other. But like, sh- you, the the whole point of tennis is, res- like, to win tennis, it's about respecting your opponent. Yeah. Because to win a tennis match, you need to respect your opponent's game. Yeah. And res- and adjust to it accordingly. Well, it's like following some etiquettes as well, like mm. like we were talking about earlier about not blasting the ball at each other. Like yeah. that's the same thing as trash talking, where yeah. you just don't do it. You can no, do it you if can. you want. I, I, I mean, I'm happy to admit in in tennis matches, I have hit the ball at the opponent. Yeah. Because it's like the only way to win the point in that situation. But if I'm hitting the ball at the opponent, I'm not. I'm not gonna like leather it. Yeah. I'm doing it, going to do it quick enough so they can't get out of the way. And by the time that they've reacted... But not to the extent where it's going to bruise you. Yeah, yeah. And by the time they've lost the point and looked back up at you, your hand is already raised yeah. to apologise. No, and I, I mean... still realise, going a bit off topic, that we've just had Pete Sampras on in the background, which you might not hear because of the headphones. Yeah, no, to be fair, I'm, I, I was just thinking that now because I just hear, heard a round of applause. Oh, the match has just finished. Oh, yeah. Um, so the oh, Pete Sampras one. Okay, this is very out of date tennis news. Oh, yeah. Um, we thought Pete it was bad Sampras. last week, oh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. No, this is very out of date tennis news. Um, Pete Sampras has just beaten Boris Becker in 1995. Oh, Paris. Paris, I believe. <laughs> um, no, we. Yeah, for some reason, instead of watching Monte Carlo, which we should have done, in the background, we've got on Pete Sampras against Boris Becker. Oh, yeah. Um, it might have been a slightly higher quality game. And you won't be very happy that. Um, Andy Murray just lost the first set six one to Dimonor. No, but that means he's going to win the next two sets. Like it, it's it's a good thing when Andy Murray loses the loses first. the first set. That is true. Um, uh, but by the looks of it, he's won six points in the first set. Right. I don't think Andy Murray's going to win this match. So yeah, he might be injured. Yeah, but yeah. Oh God, Andy Murray just. When will he not make British tennis fans suffer? No, but a shock into the second round. Early for the next week's podcast on Monte Carlo, Ivan Gakov. Yeah, I am only mentioning that because I looked at the draws of the five tennis tournaments we had last week. Ivan Gakov is going to be this week's wild card for getting far. What's his ranking? He's ranked number one hundred and eighty-six, which fair enough is higher, but in Monte Carlo, okay, will be quite hard. He's in the second round now, and he's going to get to the quarters. Why? 
Because that's just what happens. I I knew that Fran Jones was going to get if, if If you just come on this podcast for just to make outlandish predictions. No, it's not. But I thought this was irrelevant because you were like, we don't know who Djokovic is going to play. We now know it is Ivan Gakov. Okay. And he's going to beat Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> anyway, I feel like we should wrap up because we're now actually over an hour. Oh, that's decent. Which is, means when I'm editing this future Rob editing this on Tuesday yeah I'm not going to be happy no well because it's gone over an hour this is, this is now the second longest record we've had and no that's good because that means I didn't think I could talk about tennis for an hour because I didn't think my knowledge was up there to be fair yeah, yeah I mean it's this is this has not been like a this has been more of a vibes episode I think yeah just rolling off there was a brief plan there was a brief plan during our McDonald's we, prior to um, yeah we, did, we didn't watch enough tennis this week basically but we, we need an episode because we can't go two weeks without an episode yeah yeah um, and these were only the ATP two and WCA 250 events which is a good to put me on now before I possibly well, make no, another appearance no well this is the thing I wanted to get him on now so when we because the plan is for, for Dennis to be on the first episode of uh, the Roland Garros podcast because um fur is going on holiday again yeah yeah she's uh not very making me jealous more holidays than me <laughs> you're in paris at that time yeah watching the french open but it's may and it'll only be my third holiday of the year it's gonna be my only holiday of the year oh anyway let's wrap up so thank you for listening be kind to dennis our guest host um so yeah thank you for listening remember you can contact us on, or you can follow us on twitter at unseeded pod there is an email address there which i still don't ever check so if you send us an email i won't look at it uh remember to um review and leave a favorable rating of our podcast on whatever platform you use whether it's spotify apple or there's other ones as well um i think we're available on all of them um, maybe not Google Podcasts. No, no, we are available on that one. Which uh, which one are we not? Available? There's one that we're not available on. I don't know why. I have not bothered to set it up. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week, and I believe Fur will be back next week. So yeah. Uh, see you then. Do you want to say goodbye? Goodbye. <laughs>